Hollis, and welcome to the Halos and Games Cast, episode 134. My name is Jeffrey Morris. I am here with the Nathan Wagner. Sonic's my name, then Speed's my game. If only he said that in the trailer, but instead we got nothing related to any Sonic video games. Uh, there was some great commentary about him being a child stolen in a bag. That's what we all needed. Uh, yeah. We'll be talking about that. Uh, don't, don't worry. Uh, yeah. Also joining us over the internet, Rob Douglas. So glad you're here. Loud and clear. Yep, I'm here. At least I think so. <laughs> Oh, yeah. might we be now having so. an existential crisis. Okay. Well, we have a great show for you guys this week. Uh, Rob is uh, going to be headlining our main segment today, and uh, we're going to be talking about video game difficulty. And uh, we'll be having a really fun chat with that. I'm excited for it because I know, like, I just feel like us three, we all have very different takes on video game difficulty, and we all prefer different difficulties when we play games. So that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. But first, we want to get you guys the news that's happened in the last two weeks. Um, we have a, an update of a new new big game that's come out, uh, Days Gone, uh, which is you know Sony PlayStation uh, Four exclusive, exclusive yeah. Sony Ben. The first big really exclusive of the year for PlayStation Four uh, finally is here after you know a couple delays, um, and it's okay. It's uh, 72 on Metacritic. Um, I'm guessing Sony's not super happy about that Metacritic score. So, I mean. This is the lowest PS4 exclusive game review score since when? Since I mean, what last D- game? Detroit probably. Detroit was there, or right? Knack Two maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, when you you put it in the same sentence as Knack Two, I guess this shows you uh, how how bad these scores are in a way. Um, I mean, well, it's just been that Sony like every single first party title. Yeah. It seems like the last three years has just been a hit out of the park. Mm-hmm. They've been killing it. Every game has gotten good reviews and people have enjoyed it for the most part and this is the first one that's like eh, yeah. it's it's okay specifically like their big single player ones you know yes. like god of war and horizon zero dawn uncharted all those so um i this one isn't a surprise yeah. to me i was honestly expecting around a 70 75 like an okay you know rating um you know this game hasn't changed much since we first seen it and you know I, there's been other games that have done tons of zombie hordes before so it's not really a new and original idea um, but yeah, this game it wasn't really for me, so I didn't really care. But were you, either of you guys interested in this game, or have the reviews kind of you know swayed you one way or another? Or what do you think? Rob? When we talked about doing like what game we were kind of anticipating, I said that Days Gone was one of the ones I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a little dissuaded just because it scored so low, and also because there's been so many technical issues with it. Oh, really? Okay. Um, they they just released a patch to fix a lot of that stuff, but at the same time, it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of the, the story storylines are like eh, it's not very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like the technical issues, especially like you know, Rob, you don't generally get games at launch anyways. So whenever you did no. potentially pick this up, right? Hopefully they could have patched out and fixed most of those issues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like if that's your I mean, only concern, then you War, should be they okay. patched it, like, every, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, I felt exactly. like, like, yeah. There were so many oh, patches yeah, in the sure. first week of that game. And, um, but if it's, you know, kind of more foundational yeah. and harder to fix in a patch, then... Yeah. But this isn't like, you know, Spider-Man PS4, which was, you know, an amazing single-player exclusive. You know, for me, that was, you know, the game I was most looking forward to last year, and it came out and it totally delivered. You know, it got good review scores. Um, so, you know, I think if there is a really big fan of zombies or days gone and was really looking forward to this that it might be a little disappointing but you know 
I, 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 I don't think anyone had as high expectations as yeah. people did for something like Spider-Man or even yeah, for God sure. of War. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a new IP, and we've been hearing yeah. about it for a while, so... Um, but anyways, uh, let us know if you have been playing Days Gone. I did put out a tweet uh, last weekend on our Twitter about you know what new upcoming game you're most looking forward to that's coming out uh, or, came, or came out last month. And mm-hmm. uh, most people, all right, no one said Days Gone. So <laughs> there you oh. go. <laughs> we, are, we are a bunch of Nintendo fans on the show, so that might just talk show our following versus. Yeah, maybe. Well, um, well minus one. Well, well, well. SteamWorld Quest is getting much better reviews, and like that came out like the same day as like Days Gone, yeah, and yeah. a lot, lot of people on Twitter mm-hmm. that we follow have been talking about that. Um, but uh, Steam officially um, is announcing the Steam Index, which is their in-house VR system. Um, this kind of enters the scene as kind of the third VR, uh, you know, hitter for uh, PC. Right? They have Oculus. And Vive. Uh, and the Vive. The Vive was kind of more the more premium option. Oculus was um, a little bit cheaper, not quite as uh, um, Oculus as, as was immersive. Facebook, right? That was the Facebook. Yeah, Facebook owns VR. Oculus. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so now we have Steam really getting in with their own VR system. And Rob, how much is this thing going to cost? So it comes with uh, a controller, a headset, and and the base stations, which are kind of your sensors to you know track it and all that two stuff. Two controllers, and, right? Yeah, two controllers. And the thing is, you, you can buy it individually, so you could buy just the headset and the controllers, or you could buy just the headset base, yeah. uh, or the, the headset controllers, or the but base separately. You but you want the whole act- package if you're... You actually need... No, they won't... It doesn't run without all three. So you need the whole package. <laughs> so literally so buying no it separately. You need separately. the whole package. Okay. Yeah. So how yeah. much does that package um, cost? So the whole package, all three, is uh, $1,000. Nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars. And you need a computer to run it, like a high-end computer yeah. to run this, right? Like it, it doesn't stand. A computer alone. that's already cost over a thousand dollars to make, I'm sure. You need Windows 10, Steam OS or Linux. You need eight gigabytes plus RAM. Nvidia GeForce GTX 9. A uh, whole bunch of statistics are like really powerful. Dual core and at least a th- you need USB ports with 3.0 plus. So that's their system requirements. That's not necessarily super high end, but that's still more high end than your average computer that you can just buy across the. You need more than a three hundred dollar laptop that you're gonna pick up at Best <laughs> yeah. Buy or something. Yeah, exactly. So it's not gonna run on my computer, guys. So I won't have a good review for that yeah. one anytime and, soon. You know, th- there's there's more information coming out. Um, you know, by the time you're listening to this show, um, but I mean, I I I don't see this really selling in in taking off at a thousand dollars, like. VR, the, they've gotten the price tag down. Like when it first kind of came out, it was you know closer to a thousand dollars with the mm-hmm. first Oculus and Vive and all that. Uh, but now with you know PlayStation VR and what Oculus has been doing with you know they have the Quest, which is a completely standalone portable one that can run pretty much every VR game for four hundred bucks. Um, this is going to take a while to catch on, and I think it's going to start going down in price very soon because I don't think anyone's going to buy it for that much, especially since most dedicated VR people are already in the ecosystem of, you know, PlayStation VR or Vive and Oculus. The, and stuff. So the other details that have announced is yeah. supposed to come out towards the end of June. Um, and then Valve yep. has said they are making a game for it that will release in 2019. They haven't said anything else beyond that. <laughs> Half-Life so 3 confirmed. <laughs> well, I, okay, I stand corrected. If they put Half-Life 3 VR exclusive, then everyone would buy it, I, I think. It would have more sales, but it would also... It would literally be the most popular VR. As well. Be the most popular yeah. VR. Yeah. 
Yeah. Imagine how how mad everyone would be if the had <laughs> Half Life Three had a thousand dollar price tag behind it. Uh, but but yeah, but it know, would be a thousand. It would be a thousand dollars, and then you would have to buy the game on top yeah. of it. I mean, I'm excited for the presumed you know advance in the technology. You know, that's you know it's thousand dollars. You, I assume it's going to have some new features that improve things that VR hasn't really had yet. So that's good. But yeah. um, yeah, I don't I don't know about that price. So. Um, all right. Well, Sega has officially announced that a Sega Genesis Mini will be coming in September. Um, September 19th is the date for $79.99, uh, which is, is that the same price? Of same the price as the Super Classic? Nintendo Classic, which yeah. came with, what, 21 games? Yeah, 21 games. Yep. So it comes with 40 games. Uh, they've announced 20 of them so far. Um, I did take a look at the list, and I was actually surprised. They got they got some, uh, some good titles on there. There was a couple ones um that i wasn't really expecting that were on there which is which is good um but yeah it's by uh m2 um the developer and they're known for emulating classic games so i mean we've gotten a lot of like sega genesis and sega master system kind of like clone you know systems that have all these collections on there um it looks like this one is finally yeah. going to be kind of the officially sega branded high quality emulation um and mm-hmm. you know, if you really like the Genesis, this is the one to get supposedly because the last couple ones I know weren't necessarily the best. So let's do over under of two months before it hits the PlayStation Classic prices of like, <laughs> like forty dollars. Or if you were in Target, I was in Target last a couple weeks ago and I looked, and they were selling PlayStation Classics for twenty five dollars. Yeah, I saw Best Buy the other day. They were Actually, they were giving you PlayStation Classics for free if you bought a PS four. <laughs> like wow. it's gotten that bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's gotten really bad with that whole classic for the PlayStation. Mostly because there was no gar, there was basically all garbage games. Yeah, the games game selection was wasn't good. I think the game selection on this one will be better. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think there's more PS1 fans out there than Sega Genesis fans, and Sega Genesis fans, like I said, have already had options to buy, you know, Sega Genesis collection. You can, I think it's like what twenty bucks on consoles you can get all these games oh, just digitally yeah, on your they, modern consoles different yeah they've re-released yeah. these games already so many times and they already have made other you know kind of off-brand sega genesis machines so i don't i don't see this making a splash but you know I, as I, soon as nintendo put out their classic systems you know everyone's like oh we got to get on this and yeah. you know start making yeah. them again so i i think it'll be do better than the the playstation classic just because like i think kind of the playstation classic was a little bit too i don't know like it was $100 when it launched, and it was a little bit too... Uh, wasn't quite old enough to feel really classic versus, like, these games hold yeah, up a lot better. Fair. Like, they look a lot better than, for example, <laughs> early, early PlayStation 3D, graphic, 3D yeah. terrible-looking graphic games. So, yeah, I'll say that. Yeah. Um, Overwatch. Yeah, the 2D versus 3D, yeah. Overwatch has officially announced a uh, new workshop mode that is uh, already live on PC, which includes custom game modes, rules, and heroes. Um, which basically means you can make like your totally own game modes and game types, just go completely off the wall with rules. And um, the thing I'm excited about this is I hope it comes to console because you know that's what I own Overwatch um, mm-hmm. on. But people have been making like custom game modes and maps to like go along with like new ways to play Overwatch. Um, like I already saw someone made like a a battle royale. Uh, mode. Yeah, I was gonna say that was the first thing I saw. That was yeah. the reason I knew this was happening because I saw Overwatch Battle Royale. Yeah, and, and you know, it gives the the community, which is still a really big, you know, uh, dedicated community, the chance to just experiment with these different game modes. And you know, I'm sure if 
a fan favorite community mode becomes really popular. Like I, I bet Blizzard would you know throw it in as an in-game event and stuff like that. You know, kind of like Halo did with uh, the Infection game mode, right? That was like a fan-made uh, kind of game mode, and they officially put it into the Halo game. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm excited just to see what kind of comes of it. You know, we, we've kind of just seen the beginning of it, but uh, what, what do you guys think about you know giving a a uh, a community, a games community, just the tools to really make any type of game they want with it. I think the theme of 2019 and players being able to make their own stuff continues. Like, Dreams just came out a couple weeks ago in early access, and that's, you know, basically a game-making creation tools. And now Overwatch is doing this. We have Mario Maker 2 that got announced to be coming out June 20th. Smash Bros. Stage Creator. <laughs> you know, in a couple months. Yeah, Smash Bros. Stage Creator just came out. Yeah, so that's a good point. more and more, I think, you know, companies are allowing players to create and make their own games within the games, which is really neat. Yeah, and, well, and I think it's always good for the industry. Because they can just download uh, yeah, the exactly. more creative like if, if you're not If you're not into making it, then you can just download that. What were you going to say, Rob? I, I think it's just always good for the industry because, you know, like Halo released there, you can customize stages and Little Big Planet had your own customizable stages and all that stuff like it's always been a stable part of the gaming universe like being able to create your own scenarios and own stages and everything and it just it allows for the creativity of the players to to be just released essentially yeah and i think that's always good for the it keeps the longevity of the game going so i mean as far as like with fortnite and apex legends and everything else kind of consuming overwatch lately uh this is a good step to get overwatch yeah, kind of back into a little bit of the spotlight yeah fortnite also released creative mode back in december right yeah yeah that's, yeah that's been yeah. out for fortnite for a while um you know and especially since you know we're, we're a couple years past overwatches you know release date you know giving the the community the tools to to make new new modes and stuff this this late i think there's never really a better time you know to get people yeah. back in. it'll renew interest yeah um, oh, another one I thought. Uh, Wargroove. They did a great job with with custom uh, custom content creation too. Like, oh yeah, because you can create like almost your whole oh you know, yeah own campaign yeah like and I stuff like that. on their blog. Right. Like I literally have it pulled up on my computer right now. I found they posted like, oh here's five really awesome community maps we want to highlight. And there's this awesome Pac-Man one where they remade like the Pac-Man maze and there's like ghosts chasing you of the different colors and like there's just so, so many cool ideas that you know replayability is endless, right? Yes. Um, but anyways, our last news story, um, surprising one to me, uh, World War Z, uh, the video game has released, um, released last month as well, and has already sold 1 million copies in its first week. Um, and a quarter of those 250,000 copies were on the Epic store where it is an exclusive, uh, PC title on the Epic store. So, um, I mean, the 1 million is a crazy number to me because this, game did not look good it looked like a movie ripoff and i mean i don't know i feel like if i was gonna buy a zombie game it would have been days gone or something yeah. like you know, uh, to tell you, to tell you yeah, the truth, yeah. like rob put this in here i was like what game is this i haven't heard anything about this game like in the last month or something yeah. like that so <laughs> well yeah, it's like the same yeah. idea where there's just hordes of zombies just endlessly running kind of like a new version of left for dead right mm -hmm. um co-op and everything but um, yeah, I think really the big story there is how many copies that sold on the Epic Store. Um, and Rob, being our our PC guy and our you know you play mostly your games on Steam, uh, what do you think about um, the Epic Store and um, what what's kind of been happening with the competition there? 
I think I was telling you guys this a little bit earlier before the show started. I, I think it's kind of annoying that I have to have another launcher that I have to purchase games on. I think that's probably the most frustrating part of the whole thing, just because it's like, okay, so I actually have to go and launch Epic and buy this game on Epic when I mostly have, I have, you know, over 500 games on Steam. And now I have like, like 20 games on Epic Store. That You know, that's kind of annoying, but... I think it's also good for the industry in this sense. Like uh, we were talking about this before, Epic Games gives their developers and publishers their revenue share is eighty eight percent of the profits go to the developers and publisher. Mm-hmm. While Steam, if you're under fifty million dollars in copies sold, you give thirty percent to Steam. Yeah. And then when you sell over fifty million dollars, you get. So basically, you have to give twenty percent still. Yeah, yeah. it's like, more more enticing to launch so a game on the Epic Store rather than Steam. This game is only available on the Epic no Store. It's not available on Steam. Is that correct? That's what I'm assuming. Since yeah. Yes. Well, that's process. what Epic not, said. They said not every available. game on the Epic Store is exclusive, right, Rob? Like they're not. Uh, there's a couple of their, there's a couple of their games that are not exclusive. Like okay. um, Ashen is on there. Uh, Subnautica is on there. Um, but a lot of the games that are coming out here in the next few weeks and months and over this next year, basically, are exclusive. Like, all the Walking Dead games, uh, the new oh, two, Telltale. are, like, season three and f- the final season are both only available on mm-hmm. Epic Games. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there is some exclusive, you know, there is some games to cross over. Uh, like the Jackbox Party, Gone Home, but they also they're offering free games every two weeks. Yeah, that's awesome. So, <laughs> so they're getting, you yeah, can't really beat that. Building up your library there, and you know, I I saw a lot of a lot of hubbub when Borderlands Three was you know when they announced that and it was coming to the Epic Store for PC, and people got very very upset about that. And you know, like you said, Rob, I understand you know the inconvenience of going to a different launcher, and you know, if you're browsing your games, you know they're in, two different places um but you know as a as a console gamer like i'm already i'm already used to turning on a console to play a specific game like if i want to play gears of war or forza like i go and turn on my xbox if i wanted to play mario or smash bros i'm turning on my switch like i'm i'm not usually just turning on a random console and just kind of browsing through saying Oh, what random game? Like, should I play? Well, like, it's I, I feel some like gamers have to do with, for a while. With Steam too is like you know you have all your Steam achievements on there, and you, some people use that as like their friends list and stuff like that as well. So that all ties into it as well as just your game library. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, and Epic I, doesn't when have I play a lot of those Xbox, features. I can't yet. play with my PlayStation friends or my Switch friends. Yeah. I had to leave all my Xbox achievements behind when I switched to. PS4, you know, and I played primarily well, only 360. PC players have been making fun of console players for years, and you know now they're getting a taste of what they made fun of. So welcome, welcome. That, to that's the party. what I find hilarious. That is what I find hilarious. Yeah. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And even Epic Games CEO announced on Twitter or said on Twitter the other day said if Steam switched their revenue their revenue share up to 88 percent, so that. Uh, 88% went to the developers and publishers. He said that they would drop a lot of their exclusive uh, exclusive deals with games, you know, minus what they've already promised the game companies and they've already set up in contracts and all. Yeah. And they would put Epic Games on Steam. So Steam, the ball's in your court. Yeah. I, I feel everybody like they wins. won't make any changes. That's well, just Ep- my Epic's thought. here to make money, obviously, right? Yeah. Like, we can't be... 
Oh, can't yeah. be too too entrapped trapped by this. But at the same time, you know, it's appears they're at least saying that they're looking out for the developers and the, you know, trying to give more money home, you know, to those developers. Yeah. So you know, you can give them the benefit of the doubt or not. That's what they're saying. But um, yeah, I just I think it is an interesting story. It'd be interesting to see what happens the next year or two and if that landscape changes at all. Um, but anyways, let's jump wait, in. Wait, 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 wait. Guys, we didn't talk about the biggest news story of all. We're recording this on Tuesday, April 30th. Uh-oh. And this morning, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer, first look. I was trying to dropped, move past I it. saw that. Dropped, and the world got a chance to see the blue blur. What are your impressions? I wish the entire thing I was a blur. Say, My eyeballs are scarred. <laughs> I used I to be a Sonic fan, we guys. about this right before the show. We're saying right before the show, the furry community disowned this movie. <laughs> That's when you know it's bad. If those guys are saying that they're not going to watch this, I don't know what type of garbage this is going to be. All right. uh, it's going to be hilariously awesome. I will say it does look kind of it does look super over the top, kind of corny. I think it Very will be cringy. an enjoy kind of cringe, super cringy. It'll be an enjoyable movie to watch, and hopefully, a some Sonic fans like enjoy some of it, and hopefully, a bunch they of kids go and they'll have fun because you know we watched we all watched terrible kids movies as kids and didn't realize it, so they'll be fine. I mean, yeah, that's like, who this is for. Yeah, this is for how bad they were. Six and seven year old kids have no idea. This is not for me, and I've come and accepted that, but at the same time, I'm still shaking my head uh, how many bad decisions were made. Just like all of Sonic. Look at all of Sonic. What what part of his character design like got cleared and stamped with approval on Sega and all these people? Like I, I understand now why Nintendo is so like detailed and like protective of their IPs, you know. Like there's the, the Wrecker Ralph story, right? With like Bowser and they kept having to approve every scene and kept sending it back. Like Bowser would hold his cup a different way. Like Sega obviously doesn't care at all because they're completely tarnishing Sonic's image in this in this movie. He has human teeth. He's voiced by John Raffio from Parks and Recreation. And I, I don't know. It, it just it just looks very I can't even talk about it anymore. Can, can we move on now, guys? Um, I would all I wanna say is I think it'd be really hard to make Sonic look real life in a real life world so i don't i don't, don't know how you do any realistic. better you than keep, that you keep his similar art style but just give him like fur like they did with pikachu like pikachu uh, still looks like pikachu he's just furry i don't know like the pokemon I, movie I just, most of the pokemon i'm fine with the way they made him look realistic but in this sonic just, just looks like a like, human muscular child <laughs> i just feel like everything about this and i'll be honest while some people are really big fans of the pikachu animation i'm not a big fan of it It, to me it just screams like the early 2000s garfields the grinch you stole christmas yeah and the cat in the hat like this is jim carrey at his not so finest well i mean jim carrey's Carrey's in this movie movie. like jim carrey looks like he's going all out he's being ridiculous like honestly, this looks more like a Doctor Robotnik movie. Like he's in the trailer more than Sonic is even. Like it feels like. And at the very end, they gave the classic look with the big mustache and the bald head. I'm like, okay, that looks good. That looks like the game. Great. And then I look at Sonic and I'm like, but how did this happen? <laughs> like, 
right, I can feel your pain like oozing through your skin, Jeff. So so we can move on. Yeah, I know you're you're having a hard time. I, I did. I just make, wanted to hear that reaction. I did make a bet um, with Dan, though, my, my movie loving friend, and uh, he said that Detective Pikachu was going to be worse than this, and he made a bet with me, and so. <laughs> Detective Pikachu is coming out very soon. I bet my next show will be able to have the uh, the Rotten Tomato score for that. So yeah, uh, we'll see which one which one is worse. But I have a feeling uh, <laughs> I know the answer with uh, this uh, Sonic mishap. Um, anyways, segment two: video game difficulty. We're gonna talk all about um, different difficulties in video games. And Rob, um, you kind of put together this segment here, so I will kick it off to you. All right. So this is kind of in light, uh, on the last show when we had Chris Raymond uh, on the show with us, we talked a little bit Dark Souls, we talked a little Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Uh, off show we talked a little The Surge, as well as we talked a little Cuphead. So these are all games that are classically known as really stupid hard to play and beat. You know, you guys feel that way about them? Yeah, I mean, those games um, are known for their challenging aspects. Yes, I've only played two of those games, but... I was not good at either of them. I mean, Cuphead's <laughs> kind of in a different situation where all those games like people play literally just because they're going to be challenging. Cuphead, I think a lot of people played and got because of the art style too, right? Like it's not just for the challenging difficulty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not just for the challenging difficulty, but it is very challenging in its difficulty. It's a, like, it's what's Dark Souls but, 4, if that got, gets announced tomorrow, people are buying it because they know it will be hard, not because they want to see what new gameplay mechanics or the story or other things, right? Like, it's because yeah. of that challenging thing. And and that 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 is a that's a factor in like game difficulty. Some games are hard because, and that's what people want. You know, and some games are just hard because they're hard. So, th with that in question, what's one of the hardest games you guys have ever played that you can remember? Um, Sonic 2? Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I th my I real answer is actually The Lion King on Super Nintendo. Oh, gosh. That game was oh. very, very hard. And the I think Stampede. I could get to the third <laughs> level, whatever that level that was. I don't, I think so it was the, like. I Can't Wait to Be King level? Yeah, the, the I Can't the Wait to Be King level monkeys. where you had to like jump over the leaves and there was some, I don't even remember. I remember there was monkeys left. I, ha yeah. I had it on Game Gear and these monkeys if you jump, jumped on the wrong monkey, he would literally throw you straight down and you would die. Like, it's like, hope you pick the right monkey. <laughs> yeah, no, those, those early I Disney remember games. That were, game was really hard. Yeah. And I actually, actually read an article um, about a year ago that they interviewed some of the Disney developers, you know, who are making those games. And they said, yeah, like Disney literally called us in and said, you know, people are renting games and beating them in five days. You need to make this game very difficult about halfway through the game or on level three or four so kids cannot beat it in five days and they have to go buy it so we get more money. And I'm like, this makes so much sense. There was a huge difficulty spike in every Disney game. I remember I had to rent those games more yeah. than once to beat them. So that is an example of cheap difficulty. That makes where so much developers sense. Developers were like, we're just going to screw with you so that we can make more money. Yes. It is not, not, yeah. a, not a fair difficulty. Um, I mean, for me, I think of I, just NES games in general. Like, so many NES games, right, yeah. were more hard because originally that's what games were. They were designed to be more of arcade experiences to get you to put in quarters, right? And I think that's where a lot of that old school hard came from. Um, but I think growing up, the hardest one I played was was I really liked F Zero GX, which was which was difficult in its story mode. But then it, you could buy hard and very hard difficulties, mm -hmm. and I think we're gonna talk a little bit later about you know why we like playing 
you know difficult games but if you beat yeah. um a story mode on very hard like a mission which was so hard like i had to play single like over 100 times to beat it if you beat it on very hard you unlocked a um special character that was like a hidden character that wasn't in like the game files and stuff like that and so like having like kind of that little extra like hey you know this is practically impossible but if you do it you get this amazing reward um really got me into that one um f zero gx for the gamecube yeah and cuphead obviously but we've talked about yeah. that yeah Rob, what about you? What yeah, I was definitely gonna. I was definitely gonna say like kind of the earlier games like Mario and Sonic. Those games that you only had a certain number of lives, and if you died like even late game, you basically it was game, game over. over. <laughs> I remember Sonic Two playing it all the way through, and I was on the final boss, like right or like kind of on the metal hedgehog part. Metal Sonic, yeah, that was hard. And I lost. And I've been playing for like I, you know, and this is back on the Sega Genesis. This is back when you couldn't turn it off, you couldn't, you, you couldn't no save. <laughs> and I've been playing for, I've been playing for like five hours straight, and I lost my last life. And I sat, I just sat there. I remember just staring at the TV, going, <laughs> like, what have I done? Did you? Did are you, are you a chucker? Are any of you guys life. chuckers? Do you have you chucked your controllers? Uh, or your I games have or chucked anything? my controller a few times, but. I think I've chucked more books in my life than controllers. <laughs> Your book was too difficult to read, Nathan. So it was just like, this is terrible. <laughs> Checking it away. Yeah, I, I've chucked a couple controllers once or twice. Well, I feel like if it's a hardback, it's, it's more durable to chuck than a controller, right? You could break a controller more yeah, easily. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like, my, yeah. my, my older brother was a huge chucker. He broke so many GameCube controllers <laughs> oh growing up. And he would, like... Literally, he perfected it where he would <laughs> spike it at an angle where it would bounce back up and he would try to catch it. And there was a time where he, like, spiked on my brother's toe and they got, like, a big <laughs> argument and fight and he was crying. And, yeah, it was... Oh, so I, I've dear. seen, I've learned to not not be to a not chucker. not be a chucker. Uh, too many broken moments. GameCube controller thumbsticks. Yeah. Well, that's a good reason not. Yeah, I've always been scared that I would, like, accidentally hit my TV or something like that. Yeah. So, we so in kind, of, kind of thinking through this, so what... You know, there's those type of games that are just challenging in the sense that they're really hard. They're really like, there's not difficulty settings necessarily, but there's other games where there are difficulty settings. There are other games where you can choose to play on a really hard level. So, what exactly is the purpose of difficulty in games or this challenging like Cuphead, you know, Sonic 2? Like, what is the purpose of difficulty? I feel like, for the most part, in my view, it's to give the game more replayability like you can play through the game on normal or something mm -hmm. like that and then if you really enjoyed it you're like oh i can go back through and i can have a different experience like it'll be the same fundamental experience but you know it'll be a little bit tougher and i've kind of learned the controls and learned the game and i know what to do and this will give yeah. me extra replay value yeah. especially the games that do it well like with like new game plus type things right where it's not just hey, now every enemy is three hits to kill instead of two, right? Where they actually go through and they add new enemies. They change attack patterns. Like I talked about Fury last week. If you play that game on the harder difficulty after you beat it, like the new game plus, every boss has new attacks and new routines. So you have to relearn the entire game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think of Punch-Out for the Wii. Uh, after you beat like the main game, you're like, all right, you beat that circuit. Now you unlock, you know, I think it was called the major circuit or whatever. Um, and like I lost to Glass Joe, who's like the worst character in the game because he had a totally new and different um, thing, and he had like a head head guard on. And if you beat all the way to the end of that, you got to fight a uh, Donkey Kong um, as like a cool like final hidden boss fight. So games that really oh, yeah. 
make you know that gameplay experience different when you go for the harder difficulties um i think like you said it makes it really replayable yeah i think also it makes it more you know more accessible to different people because as we'll talk about in just a moment here you know as we start talking through some of the difficulties and what we we specifically go for uh we're all different we all like a different type of game and different different difficulties when it comes to game and so having different difficulties as well as having different games that some are super hard and challenging and some aren't it gives it more accessibility to all of us because yeah. there's, there's so many different people who play games right and some people like a challenge some people don't um you know and when you have the option to play, hey, do I want to do easy, normal, or hard, right? Depends on what type of gamer you're talking to, right? And it, I like when yeah. when developers will put in the difficulties. And, like, I think, uh, I, I don't remember the name of it. Some first-person shooter game will, uh, said, you know, like, do you want to play on easy? Like, you've never played first-person shooters before. Normal, like, you're familiar with first-person shooters. Or expert, like, you play, you know, a lot of different first-person shooter games. So it kind of it goes, hey, you know, here's kind of the how we made these different difficulties. We aim yeah, it towards yeah. these groups of, of players and, you know, it makes it so more people can enjoy it. <laughs> that, that's actually a good uh, transition here. So let's talk a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys a little bit of uh, yeah. some talking points here. So uh, there's typically several layers of video game difficulty. First off, there's the type of genre game that they're built to be. You know, you can have anything from like a walking simulator, something like uh, Gone Home where you're just walking around the world, or even a lot of Telltale games are pretty walking simulator style in sense. Like there's not as much challenge, you know, or LucasArts yeah, point and click games. You're there games, for the you know? story. Not so you're there for the, the story. You're kind of solving some problems, but for the most part, there's no real, there's no risk reward yeah. in the sense of the difficulty. Yeah. Uh, there's some casual games, things like uh, Stardew Valley. I know Nathan, you're a big fan of Stardew. Yes. 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 Stardew, you know, things like Animal Crossing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't play that because it's difficult or you want a challenge. You just play in the have fun and relax and you know, yeah. casual game. I think of a lot of phone games, you know, big mobile games. They're not... Yeah, exactly. People aren't sitting there on their phones playing because they're hard. It's just because they have something to do, right? Well, and, and they can have puzzle elements, but they're not row your phone across the room necessarily frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's kind of a normal category. This is like, you know, you might experience things like um, I was playing some Dragon Age Inquisition earlier, and I, fe- I came across a, a dragon, and it just kicked my butt. So I avoided <laughs> that area. Uh, but for the most part, I'm not. you're not going to go into, you know, games like RPGs or some of the, you know, like a lot of games out there. There's kind of this, it's not challenging, but it's not, you know, it's not like so hard that you can't play the game, but it's mm. not so casual that you're basically just walking around doing absolutely nothing. You know, that's kind of like most games still, fall still here. Have to... This is your basic every AAA game made today mm-hmm. setting. Basically, right? like yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn or God of War or Spider-Man yeah, or yeah. whatever. Mario yeah. And then you have your challenging games. Those are the games that are a little bit more hard. I'd, I'd say these probably are more like Cuphead, you know, Sonic 2, uh, you know, a couple of games where there's, or The Lion King. Gosh, wish I could <laughs> beat Lion that King. game. <laughs> um, but they're harder, they're more frustrating, they're more challenging. There's puzzles and stuff that you have to actually solve. You know, uh, The Witness and yeah, uh, some of those type of games. There, there's the puzzle elements are uh, Dude, above and beyond. That game is super hard, honestly. Like, yeah, I am not smart enough for that. Game. I play, I bought that game like 
a month after it came out and I played it for like five hours and I really enjoyed what I did but then I just mm-hmm. got to a point where I was like I do not understand this and I couldn't really progress. or like even like going a little bit old school or missed yeah I mean like, that was a game that I, I feel like you had to have friends or like someone kind of like help you when you got stuck on something for a week right <laughs> or you had to have a notebook I remember I had a I had a like a little like binder a notebook paper all next to me that i was writing down notes and everything as i beat that game because it it was just so hard i couldn't do it without writing stuff down yeah and then uh, there's kind of this level of category called dark souls hard and i'm sure you guys can guess what games fall into this category why don't we just say from software and then you can (laughs) add in what was that samurai game that got made that's like a clone of Sekiro, Dark there's, Souls. there's Bloodborne. Yeah, all the there's, you know, there's the the Surge. I mean, there's a whole bunch of categories. There's a lot of yeah. games that get compared to Dark Souls, and just how the game is literally just so stupid hard that it's made to be that hard, and that's yeah, why that, you play it. That's the the design behind the game is we're going to just make this completely destroy people and make it very very incredibly difficult to beat, and that's why we're making it. Yeah, so, I mean, there's games that fall into this, and also there's online and player versus player. I think this is kind of a category that we should take a moment on because, you know, it is more difficult playing against actual people. I mean, when you asked me that question about what's the hardest game you ever played, I was tempted to say, like, Destiny PvP because, (laughs) like, my (laughs) lifetime KD ratio on that game is, like, 3.3.5 or something like that. Like, I get 0.3 kills for every, like, death I have. Or... So, 0.35. Yeah. Yeah, 0.35. <laughs> You're not getting three kills per life. Yeah. Well, how, how and nothing, nothing says, like, I've been playing Legendary Halo for the last few weeks, and I jump online, and, and suddenly I am can't even walk three feet without getting sniped. <laughs> like, play other people that... I would say that this is probably the hardest thing you can do in a game. Yeah. Yes. Ask me. Um, And with, with so many PVP games, right. That the great thing is it, it naturally can adjust to where, where you're at, you know, depending on how good the game's matchmaking is. Right. I think of rocket league as being my favorite example where, you know, they have bronze, silver, gold champion, grandmaster, like all these different like ranks. And each one has like, about four tiers and there's sub tiers within those so like depending on where you're at it's going to match you up with those other people in your tier and like for example i played a bunch of uh standard competitive with my brother um a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and there were my placement matches so when i finished all those placement matches like my brothers you know he never really played rocket league but i figured we'd do the competitive anyways and so we lost most of those matches so i got placed in like the upper bronze and i've normally like towards like top of silver and into gold so now i've just been cruising through silver and i've been playing these people who aren't as good as me but now i'm starting to get to the point where it's you know a lot of the matches are a lot more tight right so yeah that's the great thing about pvp for the most part um obviously you jump into an old game like there's also the the, the difference of if you you jump into a game that's old where only hardcore fans are playing then you're kind of like well, there's no way I can get better at this because every time I try and move, I get killed. Yep. <laughs> no, and like Call of Duty is pretty has historically not been the best example for this one because they they're really consistent in dropping you in with all these guys who basically their career they play Call of Duty you know twenty four seven. 
Yeah, that, that and then you play good. like three hours a week, <laughs> and then you come in, you step in, you're getting destroyed. And, and you have to, have to also have to think about you know previous game experience and previous genre experience, right? Like, I've never really played Call of Duty, but you know, you put a controller under my hand since I played so many first-person shooters, I'm sure I'd do fine after you know a couple of days. Um, but you know, you have to think of most of the people you're playing up against at Call of Duty are people who have bought it every single year for the last ten years, and that's their primary game that they play so yeah um it's it's different for each game you know yeah yeah so i mean overall we have to say that playing against other people is always going to be one of the hardest things we will ever do yeah. yeah i mean you may be able to beat dark souls but could you beat one of the top dark souls players in the world if there was pvp you know probably not but see so. even dark souls plays with that idea because people can invade your game invade your world and kill oh, you yeah. and stuff yeah. like that it's and crazy. so literally you your hardest enemy is still other players <laughs> you can turn that feature off which is nice if you, yeah. you don't want to deal with but that. literally yeah if you're antisocial like me yes <laughs> um and, and so uh Kind of the next layer of this, there's obviously, like you mentioned just a few moments ago, uh, there's like the shoot, first-person shooter games that kind of do the categories of difficulty. And a lot of games nowadays have various, have various levels of the difficulty that often you pick right at the very beginning. But most of the time, they allow you to change these later on in the gameplay, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if uh, it's a newer game. Like, it used to be where you'd be like, okay, I'm selecting this difficulty, and the only way to go back and change it is if you restart the game. But yeah. in the last 10 years, that's they've really allowed you to change it on the fly, which is nice. Well, and there's a lot of games like RPG games where you can actually change the difficulty multiple times throughout the game. And like you come across a combat, you can drop the difficulty for that combat and then kick it back up later. Yeah, which is great. Uh, you get past it, which is really helpful when you get stuck on parts. But kind of categories that I found, um, these are kind of the most consistent common ones. So we always, almost every big story-driven game nowadays has like a story or casual version of the game where essentially they turn the enemies onto Stormtrooper mode. and they basically give you super auto aim heat seeking bullets so that you're here for the story story. not not to not to not for the gameplay i think one of the most famous examples of this more recently is uncharted uncharted 4 uh uncharted lost legacy both of these games have this mode where it's basically story mode where the enemies are not as hard the care the first person shooting is not very difficult the platforming is kind of a little dumbed down so you don't have to have as technical of jumps and everything it just because you're there for the story right mm-hmm. uh then there's always the easy mode there's a normal mode which we'll get back to this one in just a second this is literally the one mode that most people choose to play as is normal yeah. um there's hard, and then a lot of games have what's called a nightmarish mode, or you know whatever they call it, or refer to it. It's basically the all the enemies are like super hard. You have less health. There's less, you know, all this stuff. And then there's uh, there's a lot of games nowadays, like uh, Batman Arkham series, uh, some of you know Horizon Zero Dawn, a bunch of others who've done this new game plus mode, where basically you start it off at the level that you're at with all of your equipment, everything else, but the enemies are like twice as hard. They're like end game hard at the beginning of the game. 
And I, I love New Game Plus. Like, Insomniac does that in all their games, like with Ratchet and Clank and Spider-Man. Like, you can start yeah. your new file. You don't have to re-level everything up. Um, you, you don't have, have to reacquire everything, still, everything right. but there still is, you know, work to do, and the enemies are more difficult throughout the game. Um, so, which is, which is so here's kind of here's kind of the question with this one. I think is important, and this is where, uh, as listeners, you're going to hear a little bit of like how we differ. Which one, when you fire up a new game, which one do you select? I feel like we're. I would guess we're all pretty similar. I always choose normal because I feel like that's the way the developers created the game and intended the game to be played so i always want to at least start on normal and be like hey this is the way the developers wanted me to play the game this will give me the fairest assessment of how they felt i could do and how long maybe the game might take me because of my skill at the game or something like so that what you're telling me is bungie lied to me back in i think it was halo 2 they had you know easy normal heroic and legendary yeah and underneath heroic, it said enemies will be a lot more challenging. This is going to be hard. And then underneath it said, "This is how the game was meant to be played." Yeah. So ever since then, I've been like, I usually play games on hard because I felt like oh, it really? was more of a challenge for that way. Yeah, usually, I mean, Bungie said that specifically, but I feel like most games, especially today, like normal. And sometimes no, yeah. there will be. I agree with you. I agree with you. I was, I was just saying yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, some cases it, it can be so. Like God a of War, different. you you played, for example, the God of War that came out last year. You played on on hard, yeah, hard, right, hard, difficult, whatever that yeah. setting was called. And Nathan, what? Okay, so that's a good example. So God of War, what difficulty did you select, Nathan? I played whatever normal was like. It wasn't the easiest setting, but it was the the yeah. one after that. It was just three. It was normal. easy, normal, hard. And there's yeah. there's a there's one more. There's a fourth one that's oh, like is super there? hard. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. I once think you, it might I be, think it's you after you beat, beat the game. Yeah. It's after you beat the game. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I played it on easy. You played wow. it on easy? Because one of the things that I've found in my life is I don't have a lot of extra time for video games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I have two kids. I I have a full-time job. So my life is always so busy. And I feel like sometimes when I play on normal, I, I play some games on normal. If it's Halo, I always play it on legendary because that's the way it's meant to be played. <laughs> Um, Forget heroic. <laughs> but, like, I've found that playing it on easy means it takes me less time to beat the game. I enjoy the game way more, and I actually don't spend, you know, 14 hours trying to beat the one boss. Yeah. I beat him on the first try. And that makes it so much more satisfying going through the game because then I'm like, well, instead of spending 100 hours on this game, I spent 60 hours on this game. Well, no. I, I mean, I would definitely disagree with the part you said where it'd be more, it's more rewarding and you feel more accomplished because... Oh, I, I do. <laughs> for me, when I when I beat a boss or like, for example, the first Valkyrie in God of War, which took me, I don't know how many lives and restarts over and over, probably 30, 40 tries to beat. Like, I just felt like I was the God of War finally, right? I finally beat, I was practically immaculate. I had mastered the game mechanics and for me, that's really part of the fun and why I play video games is to master different um, game mechanics. Like, I don't want it to just and be I, okay the game and be able to defeat everything. I want to be able to, like, And here's really the fun thing about that. I down. actually, it took me a couple of tries to beat the Valkyries also, but I beat eight out of the nine Valkyries. Yeah. I played on normal. And I, I, I had I had to find the <laughs> patterns and everything, and like the last Valkyrie, yeah, but, but it just was taking me too long. But easy. That's that's the main difference. Like, if I make a mistake on hard mode in most games, like it's gonna punish me really hard. Oh yeah, and yeah. Lives lives have pretty much gone away in games. Um, 
like today, like if you die, there's checkpoints you can reset. You can play the boss as many times as you want for the most part in most games. Um, yeah. And when it's like that, if you have like those quick checkpoints uh, or quick restarts or a good checkpoint, um, you know, it doesn't really matter how many times I die. If I can instantly restart in games like Cuphead, I'm usually okay with it. Obviously, there's frustrations and, you know, that's, that's part of playing on a more difficult thing. And sometimes you don't finish games, right? Like, I still have, I haven't finished God of War. I'm still towards the end, which I probably would have finished if I was on easy. But mm-hmm. I think for, for me personally, it's more of a meaningful and more an accomplishment when I do finish it on hard. Yeah. And I, I think that's part, of, that's part of what I get out of enjoyment in the game is I'm looking, I'm playing through the story and I'm playing yeah. because I have a, different things out of games. Yeah, exactly. I'm playing because I want to beat the game. And yeah. The and best I, way to I, beat the game for me and enjoy the story is play it on easy because it takes me less time to yeah. beat it as well as I still get the story. And I so, totally, I totally understand your viewpoint. I'm not saying that's an invalid viewpoint because oh, no. I've done the same thing on other games. Like a game like God of War, I'm like, yeah, I'm here to for really master this combat because this combat is really in depth and I want this challenge. Um, but on other games, like I've picked, you know, the easier or normal or di- different mm-hmm. difficulties that I normally wouldn't choose because, like you said, I'm like, oh man, I don't. I already have a backlog. I don't know if I'm even going to like yeah. this game. I'll just go. Like, I played Monster Hunter World this last week for the first time, and I went the easiest difficulty on that one. Um, same with uh, We Happy Few. I'm like, I'm here for the story. I want to yeah. check out the world. Um, yeah. So that's totally well, valid, I, for sure. Well, and I feel like it's really interesting, because, Jeff, going back to what you said, like, oh, it took me 30 or 40 tries to beat that Valkyrie. Like, that just sounds, I'm like, at that point, that game is not fun anymore. I'm probably, like, deleting that game off my PlayStation and never playing it again, because <laughs> right? I am so frustrated by, I just want to finish this thing. And for me, it's worth it once you get the feeling, once you beat a boss. You know, I haven't, I haven't played Dark Souls, but, you know, I assume you talk to most Dark Souls people, I... I you know, Chris was on the show last week, big Dark Souls player. He says, you know, the feeling you get, he said the feeling you get when you beat that boss, you died so many times, like it's just the greatest sense of accomplishment. And, yeah. you know, when you finally do it, it's incredible. Yeah, frustration is a part of, part of that journey, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not why yeah, people video games Yeah, you don't feel as much sometimes. of accomplishment if you didn't, you know, have so much trouble. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and even on the, like, and depending on the game, like, easy mode or uh, normal mode, you still have those moments. Like, I definitely had a, a bunch of moments where I just could not get past a Valkyrie or uh, I couldn't get past, like, a certain, you know, moment or, you know, it actually became, like, there was a couple, like, of the the tournament or the gladiator type arena thing you know and i couldn't get past it 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 took me forever to get past some of those and i was getting really frustrated but i finally beat it and there's still that satisfaction but you know and there is a a large amount of satisfaction and you know beating it on a harder difficulty i always love playing halo on legendary because i love the feeling of yeah all the enemies and you finally figured out the pattern or you know you finally you're not in the pattern necessarily because they're all random ais but you figured out a, the best way to beat all of them this time around or you know, stuff like that. You, you've or, mastered mastered the game and the campaign and the mechanics. Like, yeah, so... Like, that's something I, think, I could say. I've beaten every Halo game on Legendary, except for Halo yeah. 5. I haven't finished that yet, yeah. but it's not really worth finishing. But, you know, you, you can look back and say, yeah, you know, I, I accomplished this in this game. It's something you can look back on as, you know, something additional other than just, you know, the story and, you know, your initial playthrough experience. And I think... You know, Nathan, like I said, that's where we as gamers, we all differ. So um, I think uh, 
what what about this? So a lot of games, uh, particularly one I can think of, Doom franchise is really good about this one, or Doom-like games. Um, there, but it's not the only one. They have kind of demeaning difficulty descriptions. I, I'm and let me just read a couple of these off to you. Like uh, the most recent Doom had things like "I'm too young to die." Uh, there's been other games that had like, hey, not too rough, which is like an easy mode. Uh, Hurt Me Plenty is normal. Ultra Violence, Nightmare, Ultra Nightmare. One of the older ones had, be gentle, bring it on, I own Doom, and watch me die. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like those descriptions, and this is, I guess, for Doom, but it just plays into that entire, you know, kind of franchise and how it is. Like, yeah, yeah. That game has always been like, hey, we're hardcore. We appeal to hardcore gamers. Hurt me we're, we're trying, you know, this game is ultra gory and very violent, and we're trying to target a specific audience. And yeah. if you can't handle that, then don't play our game. Well, and there's other games, you know, that have said, like, their easiest mode is called, like, training, or it's child mode, or there's baby mode, or, or even there's a game, for, it's a World War II uh, game called Strikers, 1945, and yeah. their easiest level is called Monkey. 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 Oh even a monkey could do it. So, like, I think, I, I guess well. the question I'm thinking of, you know, there's this very common mentality that most people have to play the games on normal. So how do these kind of demeaning and shaming game tags kind of force gamers into playing harder difficulties? Well, I, when I think of something like that, I mean, it's, it's kind of like what Nathan said originally, where, you know, people or the developers want you to play it on normal or, you know, they, they have a suggested one that they want you mm -hmm. to play, but they do have an easier one if you're willing to say, yeah, I don't want any challenge, right? Um, yeah. So I think it kind of makes you accept what <laughs> what you're looking for in a way. But I think really the best example of doing this without being demeaning is Spider-Man for the PS4, because um, they had four they had four different difficulties, and it's friendly, amazing, spectacular, and ultimate, which are all different series of Spider-Man Spider has yeah. been in, right? Series, and yeah. so it's a callback to that series and what it is, but at the same time you understand obviously if I'm the ultimate Spider-Man, that's probably gonna be more hardcore than friendly Spider-Man, right? Um, and so having different names and stuff, like I think it's fine, it's cool, it gives the developers freedom, but um, finding a, a good way to, to phrase it without demeaning your PC players, I think is important too. I think Halo does a really good job of that because you know, obviously the two that are the most memorable in our minds, heroic and legendary, like you are the hero and yeah. you're not just heroic, you're legendary. Like those are, those are kind of cool. You know, you, that's how you feel when you beat them. And honestly, if I can't, you know, when I come to doom and I see these are the, the difficulties, my first instinct is like, okay, I'm going to play it on watch me die mode. <laughs> Rob, that's a ch that tells me that you have a problem and you need to go to a therapist because you know what no you just need to be able to accept the fact that uh, you can just be be whatever. No, I mean I'm it, I'm it's fully the embracing people... their watch me die. Okay, it's the whole thing where people don't really want to feel below average. I think yeah. in anything, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And things in life and physical abilities, school, sports, whatever it is, and so. But I think that's some of the mentality, right? You don't want to feel like you're not as good as other people, but you know, at the same time, you're you bought the video game, you have the option to play it however you want. And what do you want out of the game? Do you want it to be a relaxing game where there's not a challenge, or are you looking for that? So, 
you know, yeah. we're at a good good point where video games do give you many different options, um, you know, for most experiences, and it's yeah. it's a it's a good thing to to have the choice. But I I think so. I think kind of finishing up the conversation on mm-hmm. difficulty and everything related. Yeah. To it, I think yeah. the other thing to keep in mind is like when you talk about sense of achievement, um, there's other ways that video games can do that too, right? Like, um, there's games where they're not very difficult, like, gameplay-wise. Like, you're not doing difficult things or pressing buttons in a certain combination that is hard mm-hmm. to do. But you, they ask you to do a variety of tasks that get harder and harder and harder based on what you have to do and the time you have to put in to um, mm-hmm. and spend time-based collecting. Time-based achievements. Time-based achievements yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so you can feel a sense of achievement and reward through finishing something that took you, like, oh, man, this took me, like, two hours to complete because I had to run around and get all of these different things to make this happen. And that's another yeah. way of, of making you feel like a sense of achievement mm-hmm. besides just pure difficulty well and there's other types of games like uh a lot of walking simulators play into this one and even a lot of games that have a lot of lore in them it's kind of that discovery feeling yeah. like the, the you feeling the difficulty the is the yeah the difficulty is not necessarily in like you know can't how do you beat this boss but the difficulty comes into like you have to collect all these different things and you're exploring the world and trying to find them and there's that accomplishment when like you know journey is a really good example of this one like the as you go through the the game like coming to new areas that sense of discovery is finding how to get through this next area and that sort of thing get on to the mountain which is the ultimate goal it just you feel accomplished because you're not because you beat all the bosses or fought yeah. off all the enemies or were the strongest, you know, you didn't die as many times on watch me die mode on doom, but there's that <laughs> sense of yeah. discovery. And so, it you must... know, video game developers are always going to have, there's so many different ways that you can do challenging achievement for your players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and most good RPGs are going to have a, a, like a quest like that, right? Where yeah. it's not necessarily you are the greatest, most skilled player of our game but it's wow you put in the time to do all these different things and you worked and you grinded these different things out that boom here you go you get this amazing legendary weapon or something and it's kind of a you know you get a sense of achievement even if it wasn't necessarily hard but you put in the commitment and work to get it yeah sure yeah Um, yeah awesome well thank you so much for uh for the idea rob this was a, a good segment let us know what you guys think on your thoughts on uh, video game difficulty and let us know what difficulty do you normally choose to play on. Let us know on Twitter at HeyListen underscore games. All right, well, we're going to kick things off to Nathan here for what we are playing. He actually has an indie review yeah. for us. I know we did it last week. You weren't here, so yes, at so long last. Thank you. At long last, um, I've been playing a game called My Time at Portia. This is a game that released a couple weeks ago now, uh, April 16th. Um, it came out, um, I was provided with a review code by the publisher, which is Team17. Um, they publish other games like, you, um, not you, Overcooked? Oh, uh, Overcooked 2, Overcooked, um, uh, they, what was they the... They published the ukulele, I know, too. Ukulele, the pinball game that, uh, y- Yoku's Island Express. Oh, um, nice. So they have yeah. a good track record. Um, but they're, the publisher, the developer is uh, Pantheon Games, which is based in China. But this is a, basically a... Life Sim RPG. So, right um, up your alley. The, right up my alley. <laughs> the best way I can describe it is kind of a 3D Stardew Valley-ish type of game or a combination of like Animal Crossing and Harvest Moon. Um, it is a fully 3D world and you start out and you go to this island and basically your father has left you this workshop and the way the game goes, um, you basically start 
um, with gathering and collecting resources to begin making work orders, that commerce orders that people give you. And as you progress through the game, these commerce orders get harder and um, you, they get more and more complicated and you, through doing these commerce orders, you unlock new upgrades, new things you can create and craft and it really builds on itself. Um, and then there's all the other aspects of it. There's relationship building. You, um, there's, I think there's like 30 different characters or 35. There's a lot of different characters within the world that you can have relationships with. Uh, you can get married. There's whole that the whole romance option. Um, and there is also um, kind of a sprinkling of other things throughout. Like you can you can spar with other characters throughout the world. You can um, there's combat in the world. There's later on you kind of get into some basic combat where you go diving in mines and um, a lot of different stuff. So uh, some of the pros I I think uh, it has a very very deep crafting system that kind of sucks you in. So basically the first thing you get a diagram to build this. Uh, like this car, for example, right? And it's like, okay, I need to build these three, uh, like I need to build a um, a forge so that I can create, smelt um, a certain ore, right? Mm -hmm. And I also need to build a, uh, a press so that I can build these tires. And you kind of, it forces you to... Um, so it doesn't it, overwhelm you at no, once. No, it doesn't overwhelm you at once. They do a really, really good job of kind yeah. of saying, hey, you're gonna start out simple, um, and get harder and harder. Yeah, and that's what I was wondering because like I watched part of your stream that you did. Mm -hmm. You already you were already pretty far into the game, and like you were like pull up the crafty like. menu, and there's like you know dozens of icons. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. my gosh, I'm so I'm so lost yeah, if already. You, if you but... look at it, it's like super overwhelming. But they start you off really slow, and they yeah, give, that's good to hear. Um, something that it does really well that um, other games like Stardew and maybe Animal Crossing. Um, it gives you kind of this is the next thing you need to do to continue building your world, right? So mm. once you finish a you main a quest, um, it'll build on that and say, okay, he, hey, here's the next thing you can work towards, and nice. then you can start working towards that, that's good to hear. et cetera, which is really yeah. That's why that's one of the things I've really appreciated about uh, a ground, you mm -hmm. know, uh, that I reviewed last week or the week before, yeah. or the last episode, um, because that like they they have that quest line so you know what to do next i really appreciate when crafting games like this do that so that's good to hear that porsche or yeah Port portia uh, it's pronounced portia is the official pronunciation that's what i got from the team 17 although <laughs> it looks like it should be pronounced portia yeah um, okay okay the the other thing it has really great like kind of characters design like all the characters if you look them up they have really unique designs where they've done a nice job making them look, oh, there's like something a little bit off with them and their, their personalities are pretty fleshed out. You can play rock, paper, scissors with every character in the town, which is kind of like random. they don't all feel samey or anything. Yeah, they don't all feel the samey. Um, That's what I do in real life. Not all of them are quite as fleshed out. Um, as, you know, some RPG games I've played, obviously this is a smaller developer, so. Yeah. But they do a good job with that. Uh, some of the cons, um, I mean, if you're not into this type of life sim uh, RPG gameplay, this isn't going to be a game that's going to change your mind on it, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay can be somewhat repetitive. Like, I spent a lot of time mining uh, in the mine to get ore, and you spend time, you know, killing llamas and chopping down trees. Killing llamas? Yes, you have to uh, get fur, and so I think you eventually get, you, you can get a shave sheep them? farm. But the best way to do it is when you're starting out is you just go out and start killing llamas. <laughs> and the first time I did it, it made like wow. this horrible bleeding sound. Oh my goodness. And I was like, man, I feel kind of bad. But after that, I was like, okay, well, this is the only way I know how to do this. So. <laughs> Numbed your senses. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly. Just 
all these llamas slaughtered in the name of beating the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other thing is there's not really a particular challenge, right? Like, this isn't one of those games that has a very hard difficulty setting or anything like that. Um, mm. So if you're looking for that, this, this doesn't have that in there for you. Um, and then, uh, so when I... I got this game and started playing it before it came out and some of the loading times were pretty long uh i've been playing on ps4 i should let, let you know i've been playing okay. on playstation 4 oh okay yeah um so there were some long loading times i think there were some even longer ones on switch um they have released a couple of patches that have addressed some of that stuff and made it a little bit better so um that's good but did you guys have any other questions or anything like that um yeah i think can you go ahead rob Oh, can you customize your own character? So are you, you can, playing yeah, so you a can specific? Completely customize your own character. Well, so I was like, can I spend three start, hours in the create? A custom literally, character? like of course, three when hours. When you start, <laughs> you can completely customize your whole character. There's even a face editor where you can change like the shape and move your nose and eyebrows around and stuff like that. So a little more does, than Stardew or Animal Crossing. Yeah, it does go pretty in depth. That's good. Um, okay. Which is nice. Because uh, you know, I wasn't sure if it was a game that just gave you like a base character. Like this about, is who you are. What about clothes? Uh, you can buy new clothes. Like when you start the game, everyone uh, starts with the same outfit, but you can yeah. buy new clothes. And I think you can eventually okay. craft new clothes. Nice. Um, there is a whole skill tree system in the game as well that kind of just helps you do tasks more quickly. It's yeah. there's nothing that's super new um, that comes out of it, but it is uh, you know kind of gives you that uh, check the RPG. How, how does like the the time work? Is it like a real world counter like Animal so Crossing? So time work time works is. Um, Day by day, it's not real world. Um, each in-game day is about 25 minutes, depending okay. on how much time you spend in menus, because gotcha. time in menus doesn't progress Pauses, the day. Yeah. Um, and it's the same as Stardew Valley, where uh, you can only save when you go to sleep and finish the day. So, so it, the it has that loop, loop where you're like, ooh, I put in some of this stuff overnight. I just need to go check and see if it's done, and then I can make create my next uh, project so, that I'm so working on. So it's more on. like crafting rather than like farming? Yes, there is farming in the yeah. game. Like, you can do some... Um, farming boxes and stuff like that but the main hook of this game is the crafting and workshop elements of it um there's four different seasons in the game as well and different events and they i just saw recently that they they're continue this game is uh, officially out and published but they're continually adding new events and um some side quests and single player only right like that. single player only there's no plans for multiplayer um so, yeah. so overall, I'd say My Time at Portia is an enjoyable but slightly tedious um, life sim game that has enough content to keep you busy well past the 50-hour mark. Um, I have not, like, completed the game or anything like that. I've put about 20 hours into it, and I'm, like, I could know I could keep going for at least another <laughs> yeah. 50 hours. And, you know, there's still a lot to do. Yeah, there's still, still a lot to do. I That's haven't good. seen everything. Well, that's important with a game like this. But, yeah, it's sure. really enjoyable and a lot of fun. So awesome. I'd recommend it to anyone who enjoys... Um, you know, Stardew Valley, Animal Crossing, those, those kinds of games. And it's on every platform, right? It's on Xbox One, uh, PC, yeah, Steam, um, PC, PS4. Is it's it on $30. the Dreamcast, though? Not on the Dreamcast, as far yeah. as I know. It's twenty nine ninety nine, So it's a little bit more expensive, but the bang for your buck is definitely worth it. All right. No, so okay, that was cool. uh, my time at Portia. Thanks, thanks for that one, Yeah. That was yeah. Um, well, I know we don't have a lot of time left, um, so real quickly, I'm just going to jump through it. I haven't talked about Yoshi's Crafted World yet because I've been really f trying to formulate my opinion not just give an initial reaction yet wait did you rent this game or buy this game uh yeah we got it we you got bought it. it my okay. wife's okay. huge Yoshi fan so it's kind of a must buy in our house okay um, okay but uh man it's it's not not as good as I, I was hoping um I'm not you a, really liked Woolly World right? I liked like Woolly World yeah Woolly World was good and 
We literally plugged in the Wii U this weekend and played Wooly World instead of Crafted World. Like that's that's not a great like because I'm like sign. okay, is it is it just nostalgia or was Wooly World actually better? I went back and we played a couple of levels in Wooly World and I'm like, yeah, the music, the the level design, the pretty much everything about Wooly World I prefer more than Crafted World. Um, not no, it's not saying Crafted World's not a good game. It's just the difficulty is ridiculously low and it doesn't have options like we talked about rob it's just <laughs> permanently stuck on baby mode and there's no lives you can't die like whenever you die you just hover back up an egg to wherever you were at um you can't really lose any progress um the collectibles and gems and things are just way too easy to find there's not really do you think not as much as a challenge as there was in woolly world do you think this game is more specifically directed towards a younger audience? Yes, yes, then? very much so. Like that—that's, I guess, the knock on the game for me personally, right? It's not directed. It's not really made for me, or even my wife, who's a pretty casual gamer. Um, however, you know, this is a game I could see myself playing with my kids in a couple of years when they're, little, when they're a little older. Like it's a great game um, for them. Mm. But, but I mean, it's a little disappointing to me because you know Yoshi games used to be very difficult like Yoshi story Yoshi's Island those were very challenging long in-depth games and it's I mean they've shifted even Nintendo like shifted Wooly away from World, that like they had some optional things where if you tried to collect every gem right yeah it was a little yeah. bit harder to find well there was five woolly uh, spools in every level mm -hmm. and if you found all five um which they were probably the easiest collectible to find but you still had to replay some levels to get them all if you found all five, you would uh, unlock a new Yoshi outfit, and it would be a new pattern for Yoshi, and you could immediately switch to it. And this one, you just get the generic like coins, and you put them into a little like loot box candy machine, and it gives you random costumes. Which <gasps> this is the first Nintendo loot box game. <laughs> no microtransactions. Just you know, yeah. you could just play the same level over and over, and you could unlock every costume by only playing one level in the game, right? Okay. Um, you're not actually finding different hidden things, and the costumes are completely random, and they're not as cool as the original ones. You can use amiibos to unlock a couple. I think there's like six amiibo that work, but literally every amiibo I owned worked with Willy World too. So like that possibly yeah. part also was terrible. Like I'm like I can't be Captain Falcon Yoshi anymore. Get out of here. They went above <laughs> and beyond. Yeah. The call and and if you game. wear the costumes, it puts the game on extra baby mode. It gives you like three to five free hits of armor. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what? so like it discourages me from even playing those. Like with You're Woolly World, when you'd start the level, games. it would let you buy upgrades to make the game easier. If yeah. you wanted to, I would never buy them. But this one, it forces you to use a costume to make the game easy. So mm -hmm. definitely, definitely a bit disappointed um, with Crafted World. But like I said, you know, if you have kids, yeah. um, you know, it's a great, great casual game. The co-ops um, works fine. Um, but yeah, other than that, I did start We Happy Few on Xbox. Um, Still pretty early on in the game, um, but I really am interested in the story that's going on. You know, it's very dystopian UK where everyone's forced to take, you know, happy pills that makes them see the world as a great place. And as you could probably imagine, the actual world is not a very good place to live in, and there's lots of scary things going on. So I'm really interested in that, but, you know, I'm playing this game on easy just to kind of check out the story, see if it's worth um, seeing through to the end. But um, it is it is a small game. It's like a it was a Kickstarter game, and it, it's more of a walking sim, kind of like something like Gone Home or Firewatch. Um, however, there is some of that puzzle solving stuff that I don't really like. Like, oh, I found this uh, pick thing, and I can craft a pick lock, and I can open this door for the pick lock and find another room, and then go find another room where that key unlocks to go into the other room, and it's kind of you know a little bit of a 
process, and I just kind of want to go through and see the yeah, story. Yeah, it just so, kind of adds extra barriers yeah. that take up. But, but I like the setting. It, it's it's pretty cool. pretty interesting. Nice. Um, and I'm beginning to rock it. As Nathan knows, I've been bugging him. To, <laughs> He's to trying to get me again. to buy it on Switch. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you can play crossplay. Yeah. Cross I, I did just download it back onto my PS4. All right, last perfect. Night, so. Perfect. Well, we'll have to do that. But Rocket League is still so good. Um, they add, finally added challenges in. And so every week there's like new challenges, you know, like you have to get five saves in a game or play at a certain level and stuff. So it kind of encourages you to, you know, keep on playing and go for it. And I, I like that kind of stuff. Gives yeah. you something to shoot for. So Rob, what about you? All right. So played a little bit of Dragon Age Inquisition. I have some really good news. I'm out of the hinterlands. Dude. That's what everyone says to do in that game is leave the hinterlands. It gets better. So congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I feel my completionist side of me is like in the fetal position right now, but I'm out of the hinterlands. <laughs> um, Sacrifice we were willing to make. Oh, man. I will pro. I mean, I, I'll have to go back because there's some quests and stuff that will take you back there, but I'm no, out of don't, it. and Don't go back. You have skip to skip those quests. It's it's part of the game. It's part okay, of the main only quest if you also. have to though, Rob. And don't stick around for the other stuff. But I gotta. But it's moving forward, so it's kind of like okay. So we're, we're actually getting out here. We're progressing a little bit. So that's exciting. Uh, play a little Vernum Three, my uh, favorite indie company. <laughs> uh, played some of Ground, which is still super fun. I also found a dragon in it, so that was awesome. Did you ride the dragon? I think I have to fight this dragon. Did I, you kill I the dragon? I haven't fought it yet. I, I'm like way away from two, the dragon. You either kill them or ride them, or I, third. I didn't get away. it. Didn't say. I think I have to tame it before I can ride it, and so I didn't attack. <laughs> but when I came up to it, the only option I had was like, "Would you like to attack this dragon?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> I'm not stupid. So to be continued. To be continued. So, I look so, forward to hearing about the Pokemon mini this is game. A, yeah, this is a little dot, dot, <laughs> dot. You know, next time on Rob Tries to Take on a Dragon. Sounds good. Um, and then the the kind of the, the last game I've been playing a lot of this last week, actually, has been Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer. Classic. Is this I, on Steam, or did you, like, steal an N64? 64. <laughs> I wish I had still an N64, but no, this is on Steam. Uh, I'm playing with an Xbox 360 controller, which, oh my gosh, compared to the original N64 controllers where the <laughs> the joystick was so bad that sometimes you just crashed because you couldn't accurately get to yourself to go. <laughs> like, Xbox 360 controller is so much better in that precise movement that I'm like, this is actually really pretty it's straightforward so easier now i can actually <laughs> I like move i don't to. die every three seconds just every 20 seconds i didn't think about that that's, uh, that's really yeah that's really interesting but it's been super fun and it runs really well on computer and everything and it's it's kind of fun to just go back there and just run through some of the racers and, and like that i used to play as earlier and just see how far i can go and mars stuff so Guo is my main yeah. mars you, Guo all next the way. time you need to get like one of those flight joystick bullseye noir with that bullseye noir okay <laughs> i mean that was my because he was so fast he had like some of the best statistics just as the baseline and you could upgrade him so fast early on i was like he was yeah, once you unlocked game, him good game though i every, I, I i maimed every racing game i ever played until i was like 15 years old, I was like, oh, it's a racing game. I need to go for speed. So I just picked whatever was the fastest and consequently crashed into everything. Into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So that's been super fun. I mean, it's just always fun to go back to a classic, and it jumped in my Steam library account, but I was like, I really just want to play a Star Wars game, and I really want to play Star Wars Podracer, so I'm going to. Maybe they'll be pod racing in Episode Nine. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, there will, George Lucas isn't in charge. Anymore. There will <laughs> um, be. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. I, I know the uh, show's getting a little bit longer these last couple episodes. Uh, let us know what you think about that. Um, we usually try to keep it not not too much longer after an hour. But, but I think, we, are, we are recording only once every other week yeah, versus every exactly. week. Exactly. So. A little more to talk about in between. Exactly, yeah. But uh, let us know your thoughts. You can hit us up with your feedback on iTunes. Leave us a review um, on Twitter at HeyListen underscore games. Or you can join our Discord. Uh, you can find the link in the podcast description. Um, anyways, have a good week, everyone. We'll leave you with Sonic CD's Stardust Speedway, the Bad Future uh, version. Enjoy, everyone. See ya. See ya. See ya.